Welcome to the best darn 12 minutes in uh, mortgage and real estate uh, on this planet that we know of. David Hall here with um, Patrick Ali and our guest this week, Lindsay Broadwell. Exciting to have you guys here. How, how is everything this week, Patrick? Really good. Really you doing good. all right? Had a couple days off to spend with my family. Yeah. And I'm ready to go. Yeah, you're fired up. I'm ready to go. Recharge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lindsay. Hi. How are you? I'm great. What's going on in this wacky real estate world we've got out there? Yes, it is wacky. It's wacky. <laughs> People are making offers and uh, houses are flying off the market and it's kind of an exciting time, you know, to be an agent. It yes, it is. It's a very exciting time. Wasn't that long ago that um, it was pretty tough being an agent, you know, and nev- never is it easy, but at the right. same time it's it's a good time. Everybody's interested in buying, and people are talking right. real estate. And 2018 is definitely the year of low inventory. Is it still still the case? Yeah, it's definitely still the case. Still multiple offer situations. So I see more listings coming on, but not. I feel like the prices are still higher now. How do you mean? So for say the 150 range. Yeah. The buyers aren't as happy with what they're seeing right. for that price. So there, people are listing their houses higher, thinking like that's a hundred thousand dollar house, but they're listing it at one fifty. Gotcha. Yeah. Thinking that they can get it because of this market. So sort of the market has set into the pricing, maybe even more than what's warranted. It sounds like to yes, some degree. To some degree, in some levels of pricing. What, it, what in this? I know every price range is different, right? We yep. talked. Uh, we talked about that. What What is like a typical time? until somebody reduces. I mean, I always think that's interesting because I think it's different for everybody, but I don't know if, you know, as somebody on the inside like you, right. how you think about, you know, 60 days, it's 120 days. And I know it kind of depends on the house, but yep. just what are you seeing right now in terms of, because everybody who's buying, you know, wants a deal and everybody who's selling mm-hmm. wants top dollar and sort of where do those worlds collide? Yeah. For sure. Um, I would say... It just depends on the seller, obviously, but if they think that their house is worth something and they're like, and you tell them something else, you kind of come to an agreement. Yeah. So say you want to list, they want to list it at 200,000 and you tell them they'll probably get 175, but they want to for sure go 200. So we list it at 200, we get no bites. Usually with no bites, you drop it down within a week okay is what you see right and then from there just keep going yeah which hurts your value because you'll probably not get that 175 you'll probably get maybe a little less it is it's always been interesting psychology to me you know Mm -hmm. in terms of people will list and somebody will get like over ask so i'm thinking well why Mm -hmm. didn't you ask more other people will ask more (laughs) they don't get any bites i mean it's like it's a delicate art it really is. Well, <laughs> and where do you draw the? Because one thing that I notice a lot with a lot of the people that I talk to about their home value, and this is refinance or purchase, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. is everybody assumes that their home is automatically fifty thousand dollars more because I just updated my bathroom yeah. and we painted. Right. So where do you draw that fine line of you know you want to obviously put the client in the best possible position to be as profitable as it can be, right? Without you know, overdoing it to where they're never going to sell their house. Right. You know, it's more obviously like the seller's choice, like mm. I keep saying, but, um, they, it's a good, very good question. Yeah. <laughs> There's kind of a thin line, like of the updates that you put in and what you're going to do. That's why people always say, if you're going to put updates into your house, talk to your realtor or talk to somebody that knows the market. Yeah that it's going to get you the money back. 
What comes down to is the appraisals. If the house is going to appraise for that price, that's kind of where you're stuck at. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even in certain areas, you might get people to pay above the appraisal price if they have the money, but really it comes down to the comps in the area and showing yeah. those buy- those sellers those numbers. Got it. It's an interesting concept. Th- mm-hmm. There's there's three things that kind of rattle around in my mind when we talk about this that that people do generally. One, there's that homeowner who's pretty savvy and they're going to put money into things that they know is going to return for themselves. They check with their realtor. They sort of know what people will pay up for and not pay up for, or mm-hmm. they check with somebody, and that's really good. Two is you're just going to live there forever, so it's just make it the way you yeah. want it right. because it doesn't matter because you're going to sell it in 25 years. And then three is you know there's a lot of folks who they don't necessarily have a great handle on is this going to return an investment for me? Like, I think it's cool to have like uh, some weirdo tiki bar in my basement. (laughs) Right. And I'm going to spend eight grand on that, but nobody's going to pay for that. So it's like, if you want it cool, but don't think you're going to get your money back. And a lot of people just sort of falsely assume, Oh yeah. When I sell I'm going to, you know, I bought it for 200 and I put 20 into it. So I'm going to get my money back. Plus it's like, nobody wants the stuff you just did. Exactly. (laughs) It's unique. Do you have to say that to people? Well, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to be like a, do like a a video, video expose with like Lindsay talking (laughs) to potential listers. And they're like, yeah, I put eighteen thousand into this, and she's like, "Nobody wants that." Yeah. I don't know why you did that. I have a full beach in my. You're basement. an idiot. Yep. Why'd you do that? That was so dumb. Yep. For sure, it's funny because. How do you say it tactfully? I want to know. So if somebody says it to me in life, I'll be like, "Oh, they're telling me I'm an idiot." Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, you just ease into it because it's sentimental to them. Right. So you can't be like, "Nobody wants that," or right. straight up, unless you know the sellers and you can joke around with right. them like that. But. Usually you have to ease into it and be like, this is, even though you put that in, because there are a lot of them out there, like we put that much out into this because we knew we'd get the money back. Well, no. And you show them the comps that are with all that stuff that they might've put into it that are selling. Yeah. For that, mm. yeah. and that's how I go around. You know, there are so it. many. Th- I'm glad. I know I'm getting on a tangent, and <laughs> yeah. I often, I often do. But there are so many things to me that are obvious um, that if you improve in a home that they are or are not going to return an investment. Right. So I'll, just, mm-hmm. I'll give you like one of my examples is like when people like redo a bathroom, for instance, especially like a, a master bathroom mm-hmm. and they take it from like the tub with the, um, you know, the, the drawstring, what do you call the thing? The curtain. curtain. And they take that out mm-hmm. and they put in a nice glass. glass with like an overhead, like pour down the high Shower, pressure. Yeah. That's a return, 100%. (laughs) That's going to return every time, right? Who doesn't want a glass shower with a big, huge fountain kind of a thing pouring down on them (laughs) over a curtain in a tub? Right. I mean, let's do a lot of those. Am I right on that one? Yeah. Okay. It depends because, for example, you're saying all all these things, and I'm redoing my house right now. (laughs) And uh, Maybe I should come over as a consultant. Right? (laughs) And tell us what not to. But, again, I'm going to be there forever. That's true. Okay. (laughs) So, So, yeah. So, we're putting in that bar. (laughs) But that's Mike's. He wanted that. Okay. Yeah. You got to have that. Yeah. (laughs) So, there's just things that in the bathroom, we decided to redo the bathroom, too, when we weren't going to. And the shower, the 
glass shower was an option, but I don't want to clean it, so we're not doing the glass. I gotcha. Nice. Okay, so that's solid. Like that. Yeah, that's no, that, is, that is a concern. I mean, but again, to your point though, yeah. you're redoing to live there forever. Forever. Yep. You're not moving. Mm-hmm. Nope. So you just to that point, you do it exactly how you want it exactly. because you're gonna. It's yours. Mm-hmm. If you were, you know, hey, I'm. I'm buying a starter home. I'm making this up. And, you yeah. know, in four years, I'm going to be out of here. You just don't want to put in a lot of, like, personal nope. improvements. I would not be doing unless anything they're cheap. I'm doing. Right. right. Well, and, and I think By that... the way, number two thing that I would go with <laughs> is go. why do I... I'm writing these down, I, by Nothing the way. drives me more really crazy should. than, I mean, I think that all small toilet seats should be outlawed. <laughs> I mean, everybody in America needs the bigger seat. The elongated seat is in. It's, it's just so much <laughs> better. Oh, I mean, did, you got this little seat. I'm like, okay, I got to tear that out. I got to put in a nice one, right? You go somewhere nice, they got like the big, like, you know, it's good. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Good. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Yep. Well, and what I think is, what I think is, um, you know, hard to have a conversation about is, is I don't think that a lot of people understand what an actual appraisal you know, what an appraisal is. And that appraisal is, you know, three comparables within a mile radius sold within the last year that are comparable to your home. It's scientific. So it's it's easy, right? Yeah. I mean, you just show them the numbers. And it's funny because I was on a listing appointment last night and I went within a 0.25 mile radius Mm -hmm. and showed them the amounts. And they're like, well, there's this one that's over here and not comparable at all because this is a tri level that right. I'm selling, and they are comparing it to colonials and all this. I'm like, right. appraisal. And yep. then he, they agreed, though. They're yeah. like, I'm afraid of it not appraising at this price. Right. Well, and again, so. again, as it relates to that, if you're going to buy a house that you're going to live in for 25 years mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, pay a little bit more to own it, then uh, who cares, yeah. right? right? But if you're going to buy something and in three years you're going to, you, you kind of got to go a little yeah. bit more with the appraisal. Absolutely. You know? So. Yep. It's really important. Okay, I'm, I'm getting way off tangent. I got a third improvement, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that out for now. To be we, continued. We were going to talk a little bit about out-of-state buyers. Yes. We're going to talk about folks that buy from out-of-state, in-state, and just sort of what you see with that because our audience, um, you know, they're interested in all things real for estate. Sure. So, like, what do you – what do you like, how does that dynamic work? Give us sort right. of the tips or the tricks as to what people should be thinking about or what you go through as an agent, you know, with an out-of-state buyer. Definitely. So, if you're out-of-state and can't make it – into town to look at houses Mm -hmm. i actually just closed one last month with someone like that Mm. they he was finishing his schooling with being a doctor and got moved to here for in the pontiac area Mm -hmm. and he's like i know i've been told pontiac is this way and all that so i'm like i can show you homes and he talked to five different he actually said 20 different realtors Mm on the phone but a lot since, of realtors but he was in arizona yeah. so he could not look at anything it all had to be through facetime facetime oh, wow. so i facetimed him all these homes and he decided to use me because i was on top of it mm-hmm. and he ended up buying the house with ever with not even seeing it mm. and it all was through facetime and it was multiple offer situations losing out same thing so you got to be prepared for that yeah when you're out of state it's not going to be easy yeah but you got to ha- trust a realtor that's going to look at the yeah. specs of the home. Right. And and that's what he said he liked about me. He's like, you didn't just tell us to like a home. When a home was crap, you told us yeah. and you just walked out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't want you guys to move here and be like, because I hope to be friends and use you guys. You well, guys you're thinking long term yeah, about your business. Yeah, yeah, about my whole business. Yeah. So I want my business. I want that reputation of being that realtor. And working with those buyers that are from out of state. I worked with one 
three or four months ago that was moving from Chicago. And they actually could come see the houses. So it was kind of what's more difficult about that is you have to be on their time. Right. So they got a really good communication with these out-of-state buyers. It's It's huge. It's creative, too. I think it's we talk about creativity in our market all the time and, and whether it's doing mortgages or real estate. And I think that... Whenever you're available, number one, number mm-hmm. two, follow up is like the the key to success, Huge. and that's what yep. we talk about here all the time. But also, just to have the ability to to with the way social works now, to be able to FaceTime with a client. I had I had one that I actually had to do like Facebook Messenger. We had to Skype back and forth while we were going through an application, just because they didn't live in our area and they wanted to they wanted that face to face experience. So it was like an upper hand to to be able to talk to them. You know, you talk about follow-up, and uh, it's just the call for no reason call Mm -hmm. is maybe the most powerful thing that somebody who's in any type of sales can do. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking of you. I wanted to call, make sure, you know, do you need anything from me? Are you set? I mean, the person hangs up the phone, they're like, wow, person's on top of it. You know, that's the kind of person they want to work with, and so few people do that. And to your point, having great follow-up creates great experiences for clients because they feel confident, right? you know? Mm-hmm. It's just totally critical and important. And, you know, I mean, I wish, I, I always wish we had more time <laughs> on the podcast. But, now you know, you know why I pushed the envelope. Well, yeah. she, she broke the rule. We're at 13 minutes, 13 there we go. seconds. So, so we went over 12 minutes, but we had a lot to talk about. Uh, Patrick, thanks for being here this always, week. Always a pleasure. A lot of fun. Lindsay? Yes, thank you. The adventures of Lindsay continue. <laughs> We're going to bring that video camera when she does a no. listing appointment. Hey, and look out for a picture from this podcast, oh, too. We Big picture before, coming. Yeah, we were told beforehand there was none. So. Big picture coming. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to all you later, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the Best Darn 12 Minutes, 13 minutes and 40 seconds, of uh, real estate and mortgages on planet Earth. I'm David Hall. We'll talk to you soon. That was good.